0: A musical podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them.
1: I am the singular sensation,
0: yes, and I'm drew.
1: What are we talking about this week?
0: This week we are finally talking about a chorus line which has been referenced in almost every musical we've watched so far, and you don't understand the references because no. <laughs> I feel like we should have started with this.
1: Yeah, we started with Joseph.
0: <laughs> Joseph was a great way to start.
1: I yeah, love no, it was. But this is a show that I think I've had a lot of references to and I don't always necessarily get them or understand them. And you've always said, we'll get there. You'll understand it eventually. Yeah. But also a case of, I thought this was fame.
0: Oh, okay. Because
1: there's the song in this one. God, I hope I get it. How many people does he need? Yeah. That's chorus line. Now, you
0: thought that was Fame? I
1: thought that was the opening to Fame. Okay.
0: <laughs> Were you surprised when we watched Fame and it wasn't in it?
1: Yes, because I very <laughs> much thought that that's how Fame started, with okay. like them auditioning to go to school.
0: I mean, it kind of does. Not with the song,
1: Yeah, but... but th- yeah, but right, with that song. It. So, you know, I thought that was that. Mm-hmm. This has the song that's like, looks eight dance three or do you know what? yeah
0: dance 10 looks through
1: okay cool i had the idea of it but it has that song yeah so presumably this is all about like people in the industry wanting to make it in the industry
0: yeah and you're gonna know a few of the songs from this from glee and you're gonna know some of them from don't Just tell me me singing them around the house yeah rain on my parade is not that's funny girl isn't
1: it yeah and just do you know what I hear Glee, Mm -hmm. I think musical theatre Glee, and it just makes me want to sing.
0: No, so these, the songs that I'm talking about that are in Glee are sung completely randomly and not referenced to be theatre songs. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. So, Chorus Line, the musical. So
1: that's what it's actually called, it's not Chorus Line, it's A Chorus Line. A Chorus
0: Line, yeah. So it opened in July of 1975, It's directed by Michael Bennett, who you will not know. No basically, with music and lyrics by Marvin Hamslich and Edward Kuban, who you were also not going to know. Marvin Hamslich wrote the music for A Streetcar Named Desire, like the movie version. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that's the only thing you're going to know about <laughs> So he for. didn't,
1: it wasn't a musical, it was the orchestration, the soundtrack to Street Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, because he's a composer. Yes. And then he worked with edward Cleban to write the lyrics
1: see i often forget that streetcar named desire isn't a musical and i think that's because of the simpsons because there's a whole episode where marge does streetcar named desire as a musical musical and like flanders is in it and i just ever since i've always felt like it's a musical and i've got to remind myself no it isn't it's just the simpsons being silly
0: yeah so a chorus line opened on broadway in 1975 And it was a completely unprecedented box office smash. Cool. Just out of the gate. Got 12 Tony Award nominations. Won Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score amongst the nine Tonys that it
1: won. And who was up against? Like, who is its chief competition that year? Because that's a massive success.
0: Super interesting. I've searched this one before.
1: I'm trying to think what else came out in 19... 75 that we may have covered oh.
0: yeah try and guess
1: i but i can't for the life of me think so cats is after that point
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it could be
0: it's it's a bob fossey music oh, it's a fossey mm-hmm.
1: it's not chicago yeah. it was chicago mm-hmm. wow
0: it Was up against chicago and pacific overtures and bubbling brown sugar
1: and this beat chicago
0: yes for basically everything
1: they're not set in similar time periods are they because obviously chicago is 1930s yeah a times. chorus
0: line is set in whatever time you put the show on
1: so it, it could be set in 2021 that you could very much set it mm-hmm. today
0: oh absolutely so yeah. was it
1: modern then when it came out in 1975 yes. and just with the revivals or whatever it's always been positioned Modern, or have there been more commonplace for it to be set in the seventies when it was?
0: I think if you look at the costumes, yeah, and especially in the one that we're going to watch, but specifically, I saw the London revival of this when it was on. I think we were actually at the last performance; it's nice. closing night, which was really cool. The costumes are very seventies, but I feel like it is quite timeless, yeah. and that actually it doesn't affect the way you perceive the show. Cool. Because the entire premise of A Chorus Line is that they are on the stage that we're watching them on. Yeah. Like in a theatre on the stage. That is the set for the whole show. I like that. Yeah. It's just an empty stage.
1: So this debuted in 1975. Massive smash. Mm -hmm. Wins a lot of Tonys. Beats out Chicago. Now, I enjoyed Chicago a lot. That speaks volumes possibly about the quality for A Chorus Line. Yeah. We are watching a film version.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not watching a stage version, like a filmed stage version. No,
0: we're watching the 1985 musical movie. So
1: it took 10 years for it to be converted into a film.
0: Yeah, but they immediately had designs on making a film of this in the same sort of vein as things like Fame, where they want they thought that because this was such a good stage musical, because of the minimal set and the personalities of the characters, this would make a really good film and that people would who couldn't go to the theatre to see it, would connect with the characters on screen.
1: So it's taken them 10 years to actively develop and get it going. They Mm -hmm. had that hope of doing anyway. It's not like they picked it up in 1982 and thought, well, we'll run with this. It was actively Mm -hmm. being developed.
0: Yeah. So it was directed by Richard Attenborough.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Because he has... Dabbled with musicals before because he directed Oh, What a Lovely War. That was his directorial debut. Yes, indeed. I know that because I taught Oh, What a Lovely War recently. Did you? Yes.
0: Oh, well, yes, he did, indeed. And also Whistle Down the Wind, which at some point we'll watch is a very yeah. good musical. Another Andrew Lloyd Webber, but cool. it's a very good musical. I've never heard of that one. And it stars Michael Douglas. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And Alison Reid, who I don't know that you'll know. She's in High School Musical as an adult. Okay, She's the drama teacher.
1: The name <laughs> does ring musical. a bell. That's yeah. the thing. So I f- it's a name that probably, if I was to look up, I might spot something on her CV that I recognise. Yeah,
0: she's a phenomenal actress, yes. personally, in my very humble opinion. So this is
1: young Michael Douglas. Yeah. This is like before they de-aged him to be a Hank Pym. This is what he actually looks like.
0: Younger Michael Douglas. Younger Michael yeah, Douglas. Sure. So in December 1985, Columbia released this movie.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, and it was a box office bomb.
1: Really? And
0: on a budget of $25 million. It made like $8 million. Fourteen. Okay. Which isn't... Uh, I mean, that is bad.
1: It's pretty bad. I mean, Hollywood doesn't always get along with the musicals, which, you know, we've talked about many a time on yeah, this show. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, I think the success of things like Les Mis in the past have kind of blinded mm-hmm. me to what the actual reality is for movie musicals.
0: Yeah. So Universal Pictures initially got the rights to make the movie. Yeah. But then Columbia Pictures paid slightly more to have Richard Attenborough come on board. So they took over releasing it. There was some speculation after the movie came out that if Universal had had it, it would have been better. Because there are some significant changes from the stage show okay. that were made in mind of, oh, this will work better on film. But actually, if you watch the stage show, it's kind of like, worn well, no, it doesn't make any difference.
1: So is this one that bombed because of bad word of mouth from... Casual cinema goers or because of bad word of mouth from people who like the source and are like, yeah, they've kind of butchered it.
0: Um, Basically, people thought that like movie musicals that are based on stage shows need to be some originality to them. Yes. So you have to make some changes to make things work on stage. Which
1: is understandable, yes. And the
0: film that people compared it to the most was Hair, which we haven't watched, but like I understand why they compared it to that because Hair made some changes but specifically like set changes essentially and that's sort of the only thing they changed whereas Chorus Line made no set changes but changed characters which was the issue that people found with it.
1: Yeah, that's understandable. I think...
0: People also found it really corny.
1: Yeah. I I think if you're going to change something from, you know... stage to film Mm -hmm. the last thing you want changed really is the characters yeah i can understand changing the gender and keeping it the same character like we've talked about it with rent that Mm -hmm. actually wouldn't it be really interesting if we change some of the genders around to these characters um who is the one that wants to direct i can't remember his name now but mark yeah we (laughs) you know because i think then it makes it very much a very different
0: He'd be likable,
1: basically. <laughs> yeah, and I think then you you we talked about how much I didn't like the kind of mm-hmm. homophobia from Adina Menzel's parents being like, yeah. "Oh well, it's a phase. It changes things, but not too much. It still keeps the source there and is okay." Mm-hmm. But when you change it completely, so you maybe you know remove characters or change what they're about. Yeah, I don't know if that's what Coruscant has done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that's going to rub people the wrong way,
0: yeah, so they have a bunch of the cast that were in the show on Broadway at some point or another, not specifically original cast, but some of the cast had previously been in the show, but also apparently, according to Richard Attenborough, Madonna auditioned to be in this, but just to be a dancer
1: oh wow, yeah,
0: just for a dance role, and she auditioned using her birth name. Rather than Madonna, to like not have an edge because That's she didn't. Cool. She just wanted to be a dancing role yeah. in this, and he turned her down. Was like, nope, sorry, not good enough.
1: That's fair. If she wants to be treated like everyone else, yeah. if she's not good enough for the role, don't give it to her. Mm-hmm.
0: The biggest issues that a lot of people had with this show is that they removed a couple of songs. Okay, two of which are ones that you would recognise from Glee, which I will tell you about in a second. But they replaced them with new songs.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Which was an issue for some people, specifically because one of the songs that they removed was a song called The Music in the Mirror, which is kind of about heartbreak and, but like heartbreak in the name of your craft yeah. and not really knowing where you want to go with your career and trying something new, but only to find that it was a mistake. When you try it your mistake.
1: best, but you don't succeed. Basically. Yeah.
0: And they replaced it with not great songs, to be honest. So kind of
1: like Annie, then, that they've changed some of the songs (laughs) for the film Mm -hmm. and they're noticeably weaker.
0: Yeah, but it was... The discussion at the time was, would these songs be bad if they were in an original musical? And the consensus is no, they're not terrible songs. It's just the songs that they're replacing meant a lot to people. Yeah,
1: I think, again... If you're going to adapt a musical, what we want is to see these songs. Mm -hmm. If you have to cut for time, okay, we'll appreciate the fact that maybe you're taking a two hour, 10 to an hour and a half. You may have to cut some of these songs. Mm -hmm. I'll also appreciate if you have to add a song in, you know, because you've got to go for 10 minutes more or you want to push for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. Again, I will understand. However, to replace a song that people enjoy with something completely new, kind of like last week with Mary Poppins, it's already fighting a losing battle potentially because people will think back and prefer the original. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, so there's a lot that's saying to me that the reason this was a flop was because the people it was made for were not happy with the changes. Therefore, negative word of mouth it's already up against it because musical movies at this time don't always succeed. Mm -hmm. So then don't cater to everyone. You're already targeting a very niche demographic and you've alienated them by taking things they love about this. You're left with a very, very small part of it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: My question is, is this studio interference or is this Richard Attenborough looking at and thinking, well, this doesn't work, so I'm going to change it?
0: From what I can see, it's a little bit of both. Okay. And also from reading the reviews, one which has a very specific quote that I can't tell you about until after we've watched the movie, the consensus is that Richard Attenborough did not understand the story that he was working with. Because people... Like, this was being reviewed by Broadway reviewers who had seen the original one and were saying, like, okay, well, they've changed this. And some of the reviews are quite fair, I think. Well, like, more than fair. In the way that they describe the changes. But in the complete misunderstanding of the plot, people were like, this isn't great. Yeah. However, I really like A Chorus Line. I quite like this movie. I remember watching this when I was like five or six, which is far too young to have seen this film because it is inappropriate. <laughs> and I like it. Yeah, and I love the stage show.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm still... and You're going to
0: understand a lot more references.
1: I think it's probably better than to start with the film because mm-hmm. someday there will hopefully be. I mean, we were talking recently that every show must have like a pro shot, and mm-hmm. they'll release them when it's the right time. Yeah, there will be a staged version of Coruscant that we can watch someday. I feel if we were to watch that, then this. This doesn't stand a chance. Oh,
0: no, it really doesn't. If I
1: watch this, I might enjoy things that people don't like because I don't know the source material, but Mm -hmm. then I'll watch it and I'll prefer the stage version. It's like I controversially will watch the film, then read the book.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I've been burned by reading the books first and then hating the film. Mm -hmm. At least this way, I might enjoy a film first and then I'll love the books more. I did that with The Hunger Games, which I enjoyed the books having... In the film, more so. Did it with Scott Pilgrim, which I love both films, but the books expand on so much. I don't think I'd have liked the film if I had read the graphic novels first. That's fair. So I feel like this is the right way to watch it. Mm -hmm. This is kind of baby's first chorus line. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. And then we'll watch the George Lucas full expanded director's Mm -hmm. cut version, I guess. Yeah,
0: I would love... For this to be revived in the UK or for us to go and see it would be amazing.
1: Does the location, I guess I'll figure this out myself as I watch it, but one of the things I'd like to know if it's timeless, does the location matter? Yeah,
0: it's American.
1: Okay. It
0: is a very quintessentially American experience. And also th- there's a lot of Broadway references rather than just theatre references. Yeah. So I think that remains important, but you could update it. I don't think it would make much of a change.
1: Cool. Well, I think it is how are we watching it this week.
0: Amazon. Right.
1: Amazon Prime. Yeah. So I think it's time to prime ourselves <laughs> Boo. for a chorus line. Yes. I hope I get it. I hope you get it. I might not get it, but you will find out all after we return very, very shortly. <laughs> sensation every little step she takes one thrilling combination every move that she makes one smile and suddenly nobody else will do you know you'll never be lonely with you no
0: And we are back. La 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 la. <laughs> is that going to be in your head forever? I now?
1: am back just like Cassie is back in Zach's life. Mm. I don't know if that's you want me back but we're back nonetheless.
0: Yes indeed. <laughs> I feel like it's Zach that lucked out in this relationship but like sure. Why? Because she seems like oh, a better no, person. Of course than him. I
1: realized I was like why are you saying that like you know cassie's not getting anything from this i'm like the way he phrases like yeah zach is the lucky one because cassie is infinitely infinitely better than him it just took me a moment to register what he seems like a weird dude it's michael douglas of course he seems like a weird dude
0: yeah you said that when we were watching this and i haven't seen this the film version since i was like 10 maybe which again inappropriate age to watch this musical i think yeah but I just, I don't remember him being this creepy.
1: So I think it's just Michael Douglas playing Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. He's very weird casting, considering he doesn't sing. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things... <laughs> he I doesn't was, have to. No, but one of the things, when you said he was in it, I was most intrigued about seeing him involved in a singing and dancing number. And obviously he's not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder when Wall Street was released... Because that was like one of his big films. That? Yeah, I haven't seen that. He's the main character, and then he returns for Wall Street. Money never sleeps, or whatever. Had Shia LaBeouf in.
0: Oh, I was thinking of Wolf of Wall Street.
1: No, <laughs> that's that's more recent. But he was in a film called Wall Street. Right. Um, I think it's Gordon Gecko. Sure. And uh, Ryan from The Office dresses up as him for Halloween one year.
0: I definitely haven't seen that. Yeah. And that reference would have completely flown over my head. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's it's. I wonder if, I don't know when it was released, I wonder if Wall Street had come out and they capitalised on his name power by casting him in this. Maybe. It's very weird casting.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know where to start a chorus line. Like, it's a very interesting show.
0: I think, obviously, we start start at the at the the very beginning. Yeah. It's a very good place to start.
1: Yes, I like the sounds of tap to start it off. So as we're kind of getting all these location establishing shots, mm-hmm. you get the sound of tap, which is a nice way to kind of introduce this, you know, theatre show. Yeah. We see that this is set in 1985 because we have the backdrop of Glen, Gary Glen Ross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they've obviously modernised it. For release, it's not set in the seventies. So, yeah. like you were saying to me, this is a, a show that could be timeless. And actually, mm-hmm. watching it, this could easily be set in, you know, the nineties, in the two thousands. It could be set in twenty twenty one. You know, yeah. it's I, certainly
0: because it's such a character piece. It doesn't really matter where you set it. By which I mean, like, what time? Yeah, you set I think it.
1: you were right when you said this has to be set in America because of the problems that the characters. have have yeah i don't think they are problems that translate
0: i think they translate in that we understand oh them. yeah
1: but i don't think but that, culturally yeah it's very culturally American. i don't know what you put as the equivalent to mm-hmm. some of these problems
0: yeah so we open and we see that the cattle call
1: has begun yes this and is it's an open dance call for a new massive. show massive massive lines mm-hmm. i I tell you what i like that we never learn what the show is that they're auditioning for
0: yeah we don't know we just know that it's a new show that's being directed by zach
1: my theory is that it's west side story because <laughs> the back of the stage like the scenery just looks like what i would imagine west side story to look like because you can't i'm sure the, you've
0: got the scaffold the yeah. scaffolding
1: so for me mm-hmm. that feels like what i'd expect west side story to be so yeah. Clearly.
0: But yeah. then, based on the way they're dressed at the end. I know you haven't seen West West no, Story. No, I know. Clearly, at the Nobody end, it's not. Like that that, that isn't.
1: I like Larry. We meet yes. him very, very quickly. Yeah. And we have the longest dance sequence I think we've ever had on we this literally podcast. We
0: watched Cats two weeks ago. That no, whole but, show is the okay. longest dance
1: sequence. Yeah. But they're different dance sequences. Yeah. This is. Um, I know. I'm just making fun yeah. of you just you wait i've got I've got plenty of references in my book ready, good, but the way Larry is barking instructions, it's like the episode of Friends where joey has got to dance, and like the guy is giving instructions <laughs>
0: bourree, <laughs> yes, and yeah. Joey's just like,
1: what and yeah. I' just like this is this is just maybe something that has inspired that moment in friends,
0: yeah, because he's. The instructions that he's barking are in time with the music, which then turns into the big, like famous, which is I have very famous. heard that before. Yes. <laughs> yes, you have. It's parodied in literally everything. I'm sure yeah. you will have seen it in Tony's openings. Yeah. Like it, it's in everything. But his instructions, he's like up, up, left, right, down, down, and
1: it's like dance, dance. That Revolution. literally
0: means nothing. No. to non-dancers, but. Like they all obviously know what's happening and are keeping yeah. up with it, which is great.
1: Larry is cutthroat, but I guess you kind of have to be. These oh, aren't 100%. established dancers. This is a, you mm. know, this is your chance to shine. He has to be cutthroat. How many people are they seeing? How many people does he need? He's got to just be ruthless. And if they don't have it, yeah, why are they still here? Mm-hmm. So. It is what it is.
0: Yeah, Larry's choreographing this, so he is immediately going to be cutting people. Yeah, which is kind of fair enough. But he, his like moving people around in where they're standing and being like, everybody stop,
1: yeah. you're all doing terribly. Well, this is what's interesting is you look at him and you think, okay,
0: so It's Terence Mann and he's so likable. He is
1: so likable, and you're looking and thinking it's kind of obnoxious, but I understand why you're doing it. Cause this is what this has to be. This is what an audition is like. And mm-hmm. you're not dealing with professionals who maybe could take it better. Yeah. But that's kind of what you get from this. However, any glimpse that he could be a villainous, like, you know, casting director goes the second you meet Zach, who is hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you've got Larry who like cutthroat, cutting everyone straight away. And you're like, Oh, Okay, this seems kind of mean, but, then, like, you but mean, then actually, no, he's the
1: nice one. He is the nice one. He's a good yeah. cop. These outfits are incredible. Oh my God. They are so 80s. I'm very excited to see how you draw us. <laughs> I'll and put
0: you in a lovely leotard, don't worry.
1: Obviously, at this point, we are recording. We have just watched a chorus slide. Jo hasn't done the artwork yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's going to, but to you, you would have seen the artwork. This is a very meta moment in the podcast this week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to draw. Probably a really skimpy leotard. But
1: like all the neon and yes. just... But it is like... I feel like what people wore has kind of actually become more censored since that point in time. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's funny,
0: isn't it? Because one of the things you commented on is the amount of people's bodies that we are yes. seeing. Yes, Men and women. Mm. People are wearing... Obviously, it's a dance audition. So you're going in wearing dancewear. And compared to now, that dancewear well, is a lot more revealing.
1: But you you would see people going to dance classes wearing this, whereas mm-hmm. nowadays you go with your yoga pants and you're completely yeah, you covered
0: in at yeah. your dance class. And it just yeah. is very
1: weird. Like I feel like we've we've mm-hmm. de-evolved. We Should go back to the 80s in some capacity, yes, definitely more comfortable clothing as we exercise, please. I
0: don't know, it didn't look that comfortable, no, it didn't. some of it did not. It's just look weird, isn't it?
1: Like, what was fashionable then? Mm-hmm. Like, I reckon these actors look back and think, huh, why were we ever allowed to do that? Yes. <laughs> The choreography is amazing in this show, which it should be, considering they are dancers.
0: Yeah, I should think so. But
1: this choreography is incredible. Mm -hmm. And we finally see Michael Douglas. He's the director. And I think he looks like Steve Carell would in the 80s. Sure. 80s
0: Steve Carell.
1: Yeah. I get that. But...
0: I really like that when we first are made aware of him... He's all like dark lit and we just get a sense that he is
1: there. I think when you think about his character's trajectory, it's very much he's in the shadows and he's got to come out of himself and Mm -hmm. be open about his feelings and open about interacting with people. Yeah. He sees them as essentially like nameless drones and his trajectory is I'm going to learn to take it easy on you and become a better casting and better director Because I'm going to start to see the human side in people. So it fits him being shrouded in darkness to where we finally see him on stage. Like Mm. it it works in terms of the the character's arc.
0: Yeah. And in the so in the stage version I saw of this way back when there was only one scene where you actually saw him. Yeah. Because he was a disembodied voice from the back of the theatre.
1: That's very interesting. And
0: you only saw him in the scene where he actually goes up onto the stage, which we'll get to later, yeah. but he just wasn't in it,
1: basically. It, it did make me think, like, it's kind of a a weird role to cast him as, because it's an important role, but it's also, like, I was thinking, how do you cast this? Like, is he sat in the audience with people? No. Or is he a disembodied voice? And... I'm pretty sure he was a pre-recorded voice in the version
0: I saw. And I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it was all pre-recorded and that it was one of the swing actors that came on to be his like body.
1: But that's what's weird is you've you've made a character who is not that important for an actor. Like you would argue is not a main role for an actor Mm. because of how little they actually do on stage. Their presence is amazing and obviously a lot of work is going to go into pre-recording lines or recording lines live, you know? Yeah. But that's a lot of work to not be seen. And when you were saying to me that they have cats that are singing from underneath yeah, the cats stage, chorus. like that's a lot of work for an actor to do with very little recognition. Mm-hmm. And to cast Michael Douglas and turn that character into your main character. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. And I liked it. I have to say I liked it, but.
0: I don't think he's the main character.
1: I don't think he's the main character, but I feel like we get to know him more than we do anyone else except Cassie. Sure. So therefore I'd say he is more of a main character.
0: Mm. So we cut down.
1: Yeah, this this process makes Fortnite look simple. This is the original Battle (laughs) Royale. Sure.
0: We cut it down and BB is brought forwards to show the rest of her group what they're supposed to be doing. Yes. So I feel like from that point, she's obviously going forward. We don't see this in the stage show. No. But we cut down and cut down until we just have 16
1: of them left. And the other thing I thought was quite interesting is we we, we have the God, I hope I get it. So we start with that, which I, I quite liked this song, but mm-hmm. we start to see a different, uh, a few of these different characters. And because we, we focus on some of them more than others, it's already easy to recognise who the key players are, even though we actually don't know anything about them at this point. Oh, yeah. Because we've we focused on them for longer than we have anyone else, which is really clever, like storytelling.
0: Mm-hmm. And they definitely, in the crowd of dancers, obviously everyone they've cast for this opening scene is a dancer. Oh, yeah. But they're pulling focus onto these It characters. must be very
1: difficult because you're you're basically staging an audition. Mm-hmm. but you've also got to be like you've got to look good but you can't look too good yeah do you know what i mean like it must be very difficult a scene to do when you are such an established dancer and oh
0: yeah you know, for like sure.
1: skip a step as it were because there are there are, you know we have a, a lady in yellow trunks who cracks because she was just marginally out of time mm-hmm. you know like that must go against all your instincts as a performer mm-hmm. you know you don't we talk about obviously like people being good but like when you have to act bad or something you are proficient uh, in.
0: Yeah, I always think it's much harder to to do a bad dance performance on purpose than it is to do a good one.
1: But convincingly, that's the thing. Because mm-hmm. it's 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 so meta again, like you've got to convincingly act like you're a bad dancer when actually that makes you a better dancer to be able to do that. Yeah. It's bizarre. So we cut from the stage. We've mm-hmm. kind of we have it Seen the key players yet? Yeah, we haven't seen, and we cut to stage door, and we see Cassie.
0: Yes, and while the audition's been happening, we've been watching her in her taxi trying to get here. Yes. and this entire time you kept saying, "Well, they're not going to let her in. Yeah, surely they're not going to let her like, in.
1: He's already called for the audition. So anyone who is outside, mm. that's it. Sorry, we're not going to see you. We've got more than enough." Yeah. And she just walks through the stage door. Yeah,
0: so the audition line were going in through the front of house. Yes. And she knows where the stage door is. So yes. she just walks around the back and goes into the stage
1: door. And she knows Zach by name.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's talking to security guard. And the security guard says to Zach's secretary. Kim. I never learned her name. Thank you for that. <laughs> Cassie wants to see him. And Kim is very impressed. Cassie is a legend around here. So yep. I'm thinking, okay, so there's a history there. Mm-hmm. She must be a star. Maybe she's the star of this show already and she's just come to sit in on auditions and, yeah. you know, she was late. But Zach dismisses her. Mm-hmm. So what's the story? And I just put ex-lovers, which... Obviously. Yeah, like, this isn't revolutionary Why else would he be yeah. so mean to her? Why else would he be so mean to her? <laughs> But Cassie finds her old dressing room and we have a nice quiet moment, which is really nice because it literally has been so manic with dancing. And
0: Mm.
1: we're maybe 15, 20 minutes into the film at this point. I don't know.
0: Well, so obviously this scene isn't in the stage show. She just in the stage show, we've got the lineup of characters. She shows up late and we deal with that. So we don't see her backstage or doing anything when she's off stage. Yes. And I wonder if it was her old dressing room because it's clearly an ensemble
1: dressing room. Yeah, I This
0: don't... isn't a solo dressing. It, it room. was interesting
1: because there's a tenderness with the way she like interacted with the doll. Yeah. You mentioned to me that the stage show, it literally is just taking place in live action, which I love the mm-hmm. idea of that this is this isn't 10 days worth. This isn't, you know, an epic like Les Mis. This is literally just one afternoon, mm-hmm. which I think is great when something happens in real time. Yeah. So, obviously, there's a lot of, I guess, creative liberties that the film has been able to take. Like, what other feasible locations are there? Well, let's remove Cassie and put her here. Yeah,
0: we've got the, uh, I think it's the props room that yes. we see her in at one point, or, like, props and costume department. And we've got dressing rooms, and then we've got the stage door. Yeah. And that's kind of it, which I like. Yeah, like. I if like... you're going to expand it, at least just keep it Yeah, it's not
1: like they've expanded it to be... Um, the cafe across the street Mm -hmm. they've kept it closed which i think if you are going to do it that's the way to do it yes we cut back to the stage and we finally learn how many people does he need not many because he's cut them down to 16 Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i was really impressed listening to the numbers i was like kind of oh which numbers got it what the odds of 364 and 365 both getting in yeah well i mean Apparently, they were a married couple anyway, so that probably explains no, not it. The married were they couple? not the married couple? No, so
0: it's the girl who's married and one of the other boys. Oh, I thought for sure it would have been the them because they'd have couple. both
1: registered after each other because 364, 365, this is you signing in.
0: No, it's not actually those
1: two together. Ah. Because they
0: would have registered boys and girls separately because for a dance call.
1: Yeah. Well, either way, I like that. But yeah, it's surprising. Ass,
0: like... I think it's two girls actually looking at the list. I think it's two of the
1: girls back to back. Okay, well, nice odds. And then we learn it isn't over. I was thinking, great, how many people does he need? 16! No. No. I don't have my answer yet. I'm still just stuck at not many. And we get a really cool aerial shot because Zach says headshots, CVs. Mm -hmm. And we get a really cool aerial shot of them going and getting their stuff also everyone else leaves. And the cinematography in this film is beautiful. Like throughout mm-hmm. the direction of it is just fantastic. There are there are faults with this show, but I do think it's a very beautiful show to watch. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's a shot we get later with the mirrors mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. then. But I was just yeah. like, oh, this is this is beautiful cinematography.
0: So I I know I'm going to keep comparing this to the stage show and obviously I'm only talking about the one that I experienced, which I believe was the London, which I believe was the London revival cast. And I don't want to, because I, I, obviously I know they made choices with the film and it's always going to be different because if we had a film where it's a static shot the entire time of the stage. Like, it's not as interesting. Look at things like the Hamilton Pro shot. They didn't even do that, you know? No, they
1: cut back and forth.
0: So I get it. It's fine. But in the stage show, this song is deafening. And like, God, I hope I get it. They're all singing and it's everyone singing all at the same time, layered over the top of each other. And then it ends with them holding up their resumes in front of their faces as they all stand on the line. And there's like four just like, dun right at the end and they're just holding them up because a part of this song that I don't think comes across very well is Paul's solo in I Hope I Get It oh is this
1: when he sings Who Am I yes he's so he he's Jean sings... Valjean sure
0: he sings Who Am I Anyway Am I My Resume that's a picture of a person that I don't know. Yeah, it looked and like he was submitting
1: he, a prom headshot. Yeah,
0: it, it does.
1: He's a baby. <laughs> I, I wondered, because you said, this is an official song. And I'm like, it's not a song. It's separate. Like it feel, But it is like a separate song. Isn't it Yeah,
0: so in the middle of God, I Hope I Get It, there's this little interlude where he sings that. But for some reason on the soundtrack for this film, they decided it should be its own song.
1: I have to say, I really enjoyed God, I Hope I Get It, but it felt very bitty. Like stop, start, stop, start. And it didn't feel like it had the momentum that it probably has in the theatre.
0: Yeah. And I'll play you the West End version because I really like it. But But I think
1: that's probably also partly because of the way they're using Cassie and cutting back and forth. Yeah, and I think that's a weird choice to make as beautiful as the cinematography is some of the edits don't quite work
0: yeah and I feel like we could just focus on what's happening inside the theatre and have her show up late and it still have the same effect
1: yeah like it could easily ha- have her introduced after they're standing there with their headshots mm-hmm. and then we just have like two minutes uninterrupted. yeah because she didn't
0: bring a headshot with her
1: Yeah, so I kind of feel like some weird editing choices but they are trying to make it clear that Cassie stands above As a really important character. Because arguably she is the main character as well. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Zach says that he's looking for eight dancers. Four boys. Four girls. Yeah. And that he wants them to introduce themselves. But he doesn't want them to act. Because they're going to be part of the chorus line. Obviously. Name and title. Yes. And he obviously is auditioning dancers. So he doesn't want... He doesn't expect to see people who can really act. Yes. So he doesn't want them to act. He wants them to just talk like normal people and not try to present something. Yeah,
1: because they're going to have some speaking roles because the nature of this show means you're going to have that opportunity. So he wants them to introduce themselves with their real name and their stage name Mm -hmm. where they were actually born and where they claim to be born. Yep. Cool. We learn that Cassie wants to audition for Chorus and he's got a real issue with that. Mm -hmm. I just think some of these... Guys, they haven't obviously got it yet they're trying too hard to impress him yeah and i guess it's nerves but they all seem remarkably like accomplished considering it's a you know like a cattle call yeah obviously we have some people that haven't ever done any performance Mm -hmm. which fine but you have quite a few people i i felt were were quite established already which was quite interesting to me sheila yeah so this is one of the things
0: we see from really early on is that sheila knows larry and zach yes and that they've all been in things together before and she kind of just like isn't that fussed by it anymore in this version anyway well
1: because she claims she's 30 but she sure seems let me say that again she claims to be 30 but she oh my god Sheila claims to be 30, but she sure seems older.
0: Yeah, she says she'll be 30 next month and she's really excited about it. And she's definitely lying. I
1: will be 31 next month and I don't think I look as aged as Sheila does, with all due respect. No,
0: she is an older actress. I mean,
1: that being said, I have made the joke for the past year that actually, because I turned 30 on the first day of isolation... My 30th year never happened. I am still 29. So Absolutely. perhaps me and Sheila have more you in common than I care to admit. That,
0: honey. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so she Sheila is the first one asked to speak and to introduce yes. herself. And she starts to, and then Zach gets really annoyed at her because she can't talk like a person. She yes. talks like a performer. Yeah. And He says, can't you take your hair down, for God's sakes?
1: Yeah, because these are small, important parts filled by the chorus. You mm -hmm. know, like, this is what I want. I'm not asking you to be on right now. I am asking for you to talk to me as humans. Mm -hmm. And... It's a very, very explosive moment from him.
0: Yeah, but he goes from zero to a hundred too fast. But then
1: there was a line before we had Paul talking about everything. In fact, before Cassie's been introduced, Mm. uh, they talk about how they dislike his auditions, but recognise his talent. He gets away with it because...
0: We'd hate him if he wasn't so talented. Yeah.
1: And it's one of those, you can kind of understand, it's like we will put up with a lot because being one of his productions, even as ensemble is...
0: Does a good job for us. Does a good job.
1: So, fair. you know, Richie is my favourite thus far from this kind of lineup. We learn that we've got the youngest auditionee is seventeen, and the oldest is thirty. Wink, wink.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, why is Richie your favourite?
1: Richie just seemed uh, genuine.
0: Yeah. So, Zach sends Cassie away. Yes. Not even of his own. he's not even a like man enough to be like cassie leave now please he sends his secretary to send her away who seems really embarrassed what she she says
1: is in a nice way would you mind leaving
0: he asked me to ask you in a nice way to leave yeah and larry's like go and sit in the dressing room i'll be there in a sec yeah because he's a nice person he
1: is (laughs) and he isn't gonna lose his job if he disagrees with zach no exactly we then cut to kind of our first of getting to know you songs with I Can Do That.
0: Yes. So our first player is Mike.
1: Who, who looks I like love. Sylvester Stallone.
0: Yeah, a little bit. He's
1: like Little Rocky. This he... is
0: one of my favourite songs.
1: Yeah, I liked this one, but I feel like it kind of had the uh, fame energy of like, look at me, I'm zany.
0: Yeah. Who,
1: you know, who Who was the one I hated? The one I always talked about his penis in fame. I can't remember his name. Oh,
0: yeah, I know who you mean. He, I, th-
1: I I thought you meant in this. So I was like, uh. <laughs> he comes across like that character a little bit too much, but mm-hmm. still doesn't seem obnoxious about it. So, kind of what that character in fame should be. Yeah. You know? He, this is
0: another one where I'm going to have to play you the soundtrack yeah. version because this, what they've done with a lot of these songs is they've cut them down to like the bare possible minimum yeah. for this to be a musical. And then been like, just do this much of it.
1: I did realise, like, before we got to God I Hope I Get It, we'd gone a very long time for a musical without
0: an introduction song.
1: song. And it's very weird because usually we will start with something.
0: Mm -hmm. But I love this song. I think it's hilarious that he stole his sister's ballet shoes and they didn't fit him. But so he stuffed socks in them and just went to her class anyway. Well, this is
1: it because she started off doing it. He went to pick her up and maybe sit to watch because. Well, he was younger than her, yeah. yeah. And then she gave up one day and he's like, I'll take your place.
0: Yeah. And in the stage show version or in the full version of the yeah. song, there's a line at the end where he says, All thanks to sis, now married and fat. I can do this, I can do that.
1: So I, I think he's got a certain je ne sais quoi.
0: Mm-hmm he's charismatic
1: yeah and we get a really nice one about him and richie duet which is cool like it looks like he's listened to what zach has said and there's a nice boosting of one another it's kind of mm-hmm. like we're in this audition together because they are yeah and it's nice that he's not just trying to be like i'm better than everyone else it shows he can cooperate which mm-hmm. you kind of want with an ensemble
0: yeah and you get i feel like this could go one of two ways like either Zach was going to see it as completely performative, and that he's not actually like this. Yeah. But I think Mike comes across nice enough that you're like, oh, this is actually what he's like. Yeah, I feel like this he's is just his a actual sort of personality guy.
1: So from here, we go back to Cassie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I'm assuming these bits don't happen in the stage show because Cassie flashes back to meeting Zach. Yeah, that was she a really has a really difficult horrible wig. thing to say. <laughs> Jeez, there's a lot of weird like letters in there that don't like and sounds it shouldn't cassie flashes back to meeting zach like that's just a tongue twister
0: (laughs) you'll have to use that in your classes
1: yeah yeah so i I she has a
0: horrible wig on
1: oh that's how we know
0: it's a flashback she has long hair yeah despite the fact that her hair is beautiful (laughs) her
1: her hair in the present day is lovely why did they need to give her this awful mullet
0: because how would we know it was a flashback if we didn't do that Obviously, these are not in the stage Yes.
1: Show. So why have they been created? Is it just Attenborough know. trying to flesh out the characters? I guess. Because... I don't think
0: it makes any sense, because if we had all of Cassie's actual songs in it this would be film, enough. we would understand the relationship, especially because she has interactions with Larry on stage and her interactions with everyone else on stage, it would all be fine. But yeah. with the lack of her songs and with, the change in her, because of that, we need these weird flashbacks, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be interested to watch it and fast forward all of those scenes. Yeah, and just not watch them. Not know any of that stuff.
1: Well, Larry refuses to get in the middle of a Zach and Cassie sandwich. He doesn't want to be in the middle of their conflict, which, you know, good. He clearly has a friendship with her, Mm -hmm. but he you know, yeah, this is a job I, but i like the fact he's like i'm not going to get involved in this gossip mm-hmm. you're either going to stay here and you're just going to push sure you can do it but don't get but involved. he also
0: says she can stay at his flat too yes which is nice
1: of him so we meet bobby and literally i'd forgotten about his character completely and i think this might be the only thing i've ever written about his character bobby is bizarre weird monologue
0: yeah, he talks about how he was obsessed with interior design at school. And he'd and sneak he into went people's, to private school.
1: And He'd sneak into people's rooms and just watch them and
0: rearrange their things. Yeah, he would break into people's houses when they weren't at home. Yeah, and just rearrange their furniture for them.
1: I I have no other notes for the rest of the show written. That about
0: is it. the most manic pixie dream girl thing I have
1: ever heard, and, isn't it? Yeah, but <laughs> but again, why is it there when? No, nothing happens with it.
0: Again, we get more to him in the stage show. So again, another thing that they've done, as well as shortening a lot of the songs, is they basically went, well, who's going to get into the show at the end of this story? Yeah. Okay, let's focus on those eight. Which I But
1: Bobby makes it. Yeah. Which is so bizarre. Like, spoilers, apologies. But Bobby makes it into the final eight. Now, when his name was called, I was so surprised because i didn't even remember him he doesn't stand out he doesn't actually do anything at this point onwards to to prove himself to be a good candidate for this
0: which is really interestingly in the stage show judy is chosen as one of the dancers to make it through yeah and in the film it's bb instead of judy weird yeah really weird and i think it's just because they had that moment at the beginning where they used yeah. her as an example dancer, yeah, which again isn't in the stage show, so there's no need for
1: it. So this is a, what you were telling me: if they've they've written in new roles or replaced characters, which is kind of weird.
0: Yeah, they've messed some characters yeah. around a bit. Uh,
1: yeah, and it's not like they've done it for a kind of good reason because it's not like Bobby does become a focal point or go th- on any journey. He's just like mm-hmm. I'm a creep. Okay, cool. No, and
0: he doesn't join in with a lot of the ensemble no, members too. No, he doesn't. So it's not like he's a team player. He hasn't
1: even had a song or a dance number to show off his skills. Like, that's I what I was, talks. yeah, that's what I was kind of using as my barometer for who I, we, we've kind of got our key players now. We're going to learn who our real key players are because they all get a song. Mm-hmm. So we moved at the ballet and I'm left, at the end of this song thinking great so it's going to be these three and cassie they are our four girls that will make it mm-hmm. that's what i thought and i thought that for the rest of this show i was kind of conflicted at some point because morales is amazing yeah and i thought well she's got to be part of that but she's not in this scene here so who is going to make it yeah at the ballet is a great song
0: do you remember who sang this on glee no so Jessica, Parker oh
1: really, with
0: Rachel and Santana. Nice, yeah. And nice. there was a weird plot line where Santana was like, "No, I hate dance," but she went to ballet class like every single week. Yeah, and, and she, she was a, a cheerleader. <laughs> and it was just like a weird retcon
1: moment. Who sang the note at the end?
0: I'm going. I want to say Santana because I feel like that would be the point.
1: But it was probably. But it was probably Rachel. Yeah, like as yeah. Leah Michelle isn't giving anyone else the spotlight.
0: Yeah. Although Sarah Jessica Parker sings the opening bit. Isn't
1: yeah, but she? isn't Sheila? I remember it right wasn't now. Sheila who sings the note. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, the way Sheila starts this and she steps into the dark is cool. It's like it's so much more intimate now.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, We're all talking about our abusive fathers.
1: Yep. BB uh, has her abusive mother as well. Mm-hmm. The way she says, "Mother always said I'd be attractive when I grew up." Yep. That's sad. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Different,
0: not even attractive. Different, she yeah. says.
1: And um, but I also like how the characters stepping into this—they're stepping into the safe space. It's not like reality becomes more apparent, and Sheila's like world goes. They step into that world of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I like that. Maggie was born to save a marriage, but six months later it didn't work. No, not even six months
0: later. Yeah. It's when my father came to pick us up from he was the like, hospital and said gonna... this isn't gonna work. And then
1: six months later he was gone. Yeah, like yeah. so I'm thinking at this point, Maggie, BB, and Sheila are the ones to watch. They've mm-hmm. had this really heart wrenching uh song. I like these characters now and I'm invested in them. Hindsight being what it is yeah that's life i can't have everyone i like get what they want so makes sense that one of these people isn't going to get the the audition Mm -hmm. and i'm fine with that but at this point my heart is dead set on right okay so i know it's going to be these three and cassie christine steps forward and she's very very nervous good job she has a husband to back her up but i don't think christine actually wants to be here yeah a hundred percent she's clearly talented she just doesn't want to be here. This is not the world for her.
0: Yeah. So this is another one, and I played you the song Did that you're really? supposed to sing. Yeah.
1: I've already forgotten it.
0: Okay. So Christine is married to Al. Christine is played by
1: Nicole Fossey, who is Bob Fossey's daughter. In this. Yeah. That's such a waste. I know, right? That's such a waste because again, she hasn't. She's actually. One of the better actors, I'd say, because you get the sense of how nervous she is. So
0: here's the thing. I don't know why they cut this song. I don't think it would make a difference to the plot. Yeah. They could have cut it down to be a minute long, like they have with all the other songs, and yeah. we'd be fine. She's a comedic character. Yeah. And
1: Oh, yeah, both of them come across as comedic characters. Yeah. They're fish out of water.
0: So they have the song where she sings about how she can't sing, yeah. and he finishes all the sentences for her because he can hold the notes.
1: So so I might have got, like, the origin story for that inspired Love is an Open Door.
0: Basically. <laughs> yeah. And so it's jokes where she sings, all my friends say I'm perfect for the shower. And when all my friends go caroling, I hide at home. And, like, things like that. Yeah. But then towards the end of the song, because he keeps finishing the notes, she gets irritated by him. And you can see that they don't have, like, a perfect relationship. Yeah. Because she's they're newlyweds. Yeah. yeah. She's irritated by him being a really good singer and dancer. And it's funny and it's great. And she's a phenomenal dancer. And she sings about how sexy people find her when she dances as well, which I think gives a bit more to her character. Yeah. But instead we have this like timid mouse girl yeah. who is still kind of funny. Well, this is really
1: again the only moment her and Al get. Yep. So they don't get much more. So then we cut back to Cassie promising Larry that she's gonna stay put and wait. I'm like mm-hmm. that's it. And then we cut to surprise surprise. I I didn't know this guy's name. I thought it was Robbie, but then he was called Mark at different points. Yeah it's Mark. So Mark talks about how he learnt about sex from a medical book.
0: Yeah. So this is what should be Hello Twelve, Hello Thirteen, Hello Love. Yes. But it's called Surprise Surprise instead doesn't change that much, except we learn a lot less about the characters.
1: Yeah, I mean Mark is seventeen, so mm-hmm. he's definitely one of the youngest people here. At twelve, he thought he had gonorrhea. He couldn't talk to his dad about it, mm-hmm. so he went to a priest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was the only time church helped. Yeah, which is a fun line, but mm.
0: I, There's a, it's more extended. Again, in I the song.
1: don't like any of the male characters other than Richie, right. and maybe. Um, I like Larry. No, okay, the auditionees, I like (laughs) that. And maybe the one who, maybe Sylvester Stallone, you know.
0: Mike, yeah.
1: Because I just don't feel like there's any edge to them or any, like, character to them. Mm. They certainly don't get the detail or depth that the women get. Yeah,
0: not even Paul.
1: Paul does, but again, like... But it's just kind of more sad. It's too little too late by that point. You know, you've had this whole film of everyone kind of getting nothing mm-hmm. so you know i didn't really care you know when he's talking because i thought at this point i've always started i think well i'm not going to see him again because there's a lot of other people that we've we've come across and yeah done nothing with
0: greg tells us about how he realized oh, that he was I gay i
1: hated greg yeah I really he's didn't creepy. like him because he's like i am better than everyone else like yeah uh, you know but i would say that's a good t- job by the actor i
0: like i think his story's funny though mm. his explanation of Like making out with his first girlfriend and her saying, don't you want to do anything else? And him being like, actually, no.
1: No, No, but I think the (laughs) actor does a really good job to make him him come across quite unlikable. Oh yeah, he's creepy. A very limited time. Mm -hmm. Richie lost...
0: He's in my least favourite outfit as well. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Richie lost his virginity in a graveyard. And he says it was only good when when he closed his eyes. Like they tried once, they tried twice, but on the third time he closed his eyes and it was good. And I thought... Is that because you're gay and you're like imagining that someone else is there? i would never really got an answer. I, don't know. Was... I
0: think if you're looking at tombstones in a graveyard. But
1: I don't think they were in a graveyard every every other time. I don't know. It was weird. I didn't get the narrative of this song. It was, yeah. it was... Mm-hmm. I think the content of it is kind of like meh.
0: I think the point is like when he just lets go and stops thinking. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is the thing where like. This is way more, I'm, I'm going to explain this badly and I'm sorry, but this I feel is more on the nose about sex than yeah. Hello 12, Hello 13 yeah. is, because in that they're talking about all of the, the things that they found suddenly sexy so, and are suddenly re- realising, as opposed to just like, oh, yeah, here's what it felt like.
1: Yeah, And it was weird because they did the Hello 12, Hello 13, and I was like, hold on a second, did they lose their virginities at twelve and thirteen? And you're like, no, that's no, what the puberty song was it's supposed to be. And I was like, song,
0: yeah.
1: oh, that didn't translate because you've mm. got you know him talking about losing his virginity and it was like, hello twelve, hello thirty. I'm like,
0: what? Yeah, no, it's a puberty song. It's yeah. what, like when they first like had their sexual awakening. But so
1: this is the thing is. The content of what they're singing isn't great, but the spectacle and the dancing is is so good. Like I'm very sucked into to this world. Mm-hmm. And I start to think, right, so is this diegetic? Because they do all dance spontaneously and they sing their stories to Zach. But that isn't how the real world works. Because it, it's that age old musical problem mm-hmm. of like, Zach is telling a story and then everyone joins in on the story. And it's just like
0: yeah
1: you know I like the orchestration I think it's supposed
0: to be that while Richie tells his story yeah the rest of them are thinking about their first time as well and that's why we hear it
1: well this is it because at the end of this number it's as if only Richie was moving
0: yeah so like that's how it's supposed to be
1: yeah so I was kind of like ha it's Mm non-diegetic but I I don't know Mm -hmm. there's a really nice moment when Richie holds his hands up and he looks like the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth (laughs) Like it's really oh, cool. just the
0: pose. Yeah, yeah. just the pose.
1: And I thought sure that would make a great musical mm-hmm. or a great stage show, like a a ballet or something. It's Pans Labyrinth. Like the stylistic dance choices could be really fun, like
0: a Matthew Bourne style. Yeah, yeah. I'd be on board for that.
1: I so we go to nothing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we get a bit more detail of Morales now.
0: So you've skipped one of my favorite characters. Oh, have I? Yeah. So Connie, who is the Asian oh, girl? Oh, yes. She has a part in Hello 12, Hello 13 where she sings about how all she used to do all day as a teenager was hang from parallel bars to try and stretch herself to be taller because she's four foot ten. And she has a bit of the song called Four Foot Ten that she sings and it's her own little monologue bit and you learn more about her. Her last role in a musical she was in The King and I as one of the children.
1: Oh dear. Yeah.
0: So it's, and it's like, oh, here's all these Broadway issues that are relevant to this day. I, I like, we should be talking yeah, but this about. is the thing.
1: I like that. It's very much like that scene in the last five years where Kathy has the call and she's like, you know, she's wearing the same dress as me while he's staring at my shoes. Like it's yeah. real world problems. And I quite like that. And it's also the, these are the people that cast Russell Crowe in a musical. Yeah. Like this is the real world, like, yeah, I've only ever been a child in The King and I, and you're yeah, like, I miss that.
0: Yeah, and she, but she talks about how she's always a backup character in these like musicals that want an Asian cast, or you know, they want those. That's
1: good though that they're talking about. It's just a shame that it wasn't such a focal point for me watching I this. And I, well, wonder... I find
0: her so funny though. She says she says as well she wanted to be a cheerleader, yes, but they said that the pom poms were bigger than her, so she can't be a cheerleader. Like she'll get lost on the field and oh, things. Like lesser. it's a really funny story again, and yeah. because she's not important, we lose it. And it's yeah, sad. we get
1: nothing. Yeah, so,
0: but then we go to Morales.
1: Yeah, and she's mocking her teacher's improvisation task. Yeah, Mr. Carp. And basically, she just doesn't get it. She had nothing.
0: I love this song. It's a great song, mm-hmm.
1: and essentially, she's told. You, you won't. You don't have what it takes. She sounds like a horrible teacher, though, because what she's talking about oh, yeah. is her
0: high school. So her first day, which at this Connie high also school. went to,
1: so it was a performing yeah. arts school, it was the Fame School.
0: Mm-hmm. But so she says it's her first day, on the first term of high school,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in America, high school is our Year Nine. Mm-hmm. So a fourteen-year-old was told to their face by an adult man, yeah. "You have nothing. You will never be anything."
1: yeah it's really (laughs) and she's just uh, like
0: why how can you do that
1: i know Uh, exactly it could be
0: bad tell her how to be better don't tell her she's terrible
1: you're wasting my time yeah so she's told to move on and she does i believe like i think that was the narrative of the story that she did go somewhere else
0: so she he's just the acting teacher yeah and like in fame they don't have to take acting you can specialize. So she's a dancer.
1: So she chose dance. Mm-hmm. And then she learnt he dies.
0: Yes, yeah, six months later.
1: And she cries because she felt nothing. I love it.
0: It's such yeah. a nice line.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I, this I is just a really nice
1: that... number, like a really mm-hmm. nice song. Like, it's got me to really invest in her. And at this point, I'm now thinking, huh, but she wasn't in at the ballet. I want her to succeed mm-hmm. so who do I cut maybe Cassie won't get it but Cassie's such a big role she has to get it yeah so I think this is a really really good character building moment mm-hmm. you know you, you really were rooting for Morales mm-hmm. like you wanted to see her do well yeah and she deserved it she's clearly been through hardship as well she has the potential to do well and she just needs somebody to give her the opportunity to the ball to run with it mm-hmm dom rants about everyone else not being honest again yeah oh yeah don again like another case of a male character getting a monologue and that being enough to kind of serve something about them
0: yeah i love that he's like i'm a really good waitress though (laughs) like that's his day job and he's kind of proud of how good he is because he makes money to support his family with
1: it his costume was the worst of the male costumes
0: Yeah, I wasn't a fan. You could see
1: everything Mm. (laughs) and it was quite jarring. Yes,
0: there's a lack of jockstrap going on There is a real
1: distinct lack of jockstrap and you could see everything. And luckily, the camera didn't hold that (laughs) shot for long. Otherwise, I would not have written anything at all. Yes. Larry tells Zach that Cassie is broke and still here.
0: Yeah. And Zach gets annoyed and decides he'll have a think about it, basically. Yeah.
1: And then we go to one of the best songs. Mm -hmm. One of the songs I've been most excited to actually experience ever since you told me about it was Dance 10 Looks 3. Yeah. Wow. This was (laughs) this was fun. So Val doesn't know ballet. She wanted to be a rocket, but she was too ugly. And I love the story she tells about the rocket from town who made it and the jealousy she had. She came back for Christmas but yeah, by the, the end of Christmas, for her, yeah. yeah, but by the end of it, she was pregnant. So
0: <laughs> Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry
1: Christmas. I liked that. Yeah. And, and the bit where she's talking about how she went after audition, after audition, after audition, try out for the Rockets. It wasn't for her. So she just tried to make it. She said, I'll go to Broadway. Yeah. And One day she swipes her dance card and dance 10 looks three. Mm-hmm. So she went and bought herself some tea and a
0: yes. Orchestra and balcony. Yes. Darling.
1: And it got some jobs.
0: Yes, it did. Which is, she was getting national tours after which that. Which is
1: horrible. She
0: also had her nose done.
1: Yeah, she talks about all the surgeries she's done. And I just think like that's such a shame that somebody who is talented, which I guess is kind of the commentary and the point is, somebody who mm-hmm. is so talented yeah. can only be successful because they have to look a certain way.
0: When she says that in the song. She mm. has a line, what they want is what you see. Which, yeah. you know, her, she's making your point of like, they don't care how good you are, you have to look a certain way yeah. as
1: well. She must be getting commission from the doctor because like <laughs> yeah. she's referring people. Mm-hmm. But I just love the way she plays with the T and A. Like I just <laughs> yeah. really liked that that interaction. Like this is a song that I I any other show maybe I would dislike. Yeah. Or would feel is just too cringy.
0: Mm-hmm. She could come across as really disingenuous. And yeah. She comes
1: across as like someone you'd be friends with. Yeah, like she knows what she is. She's not trying to claim to be something she's not. Mm. She knew she had to get ahead. And unfortunately, that's the lot of women in this world. And she did what any other woman has done. Yeah. Which is a shame. It's a really awesome commentary.
0: Yeah.
1: I, uh, yeah, it's unlike any anything else I've seen from musicals from this era. Like we think mm. about, this was the 1970s. Everything I've seen is far more classical from that era. Now, obviously, that's me speaking from a, I'm not educated. Hello, that's our gimmick. I've not seen the yeah, musicals. Yeah, your limited 70s musicals. So I'm sure there are other musicals that will maybe prove that I am wrong. But for me, I expect Rodgers and Hammerstein kind mm-hmm. of classical fare from these older musicals. True. And this, to me, is quite like cutting edge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it wasn't Joseph in the late 60s, early 70s. Like, you know... That's kind of what I'm expecting from musicals of this time. Yeah. So I think this is a really awesome number and it is played well.
0: They did cut my favourite line. though.
1: Did they? What's your favourite line? Can you say your favourite line on a PG show?
0: Yeah, I can. So one of the characters. So I think it's Connie says, I would kill for just one of your boobs.
1: Yes. Yes, she does. (laughs) Which is
0: great. And Val's like, we'll go and get it. Done then.
1: Yeah, he's my doctor. Yeah, here's where he
0: is. And towards the end of her song, I think it's Sheila says, Well, they're not even that big. And Val turns around and is like, Well, I didn't want them like yours. I wanted them in proportion. (laughs) It's just such a like you know, she's just being really honest about Yeah, she had a boob job and it's fine, whatever. And you can't really shout at her for that.
1: Because as a character she's open about who she is she's not someone who's trying to claim she's this natural beauty which would be infuriating
0: mm. but
1: she's open about who she is which i like i think is a very admirable quality
0: mm-hmm.
1: paul is asked by his dead sister and he can't face it i'm thinking oh zach you went too far
0: like, yeah he says he is not interested in talking about personal things but that if you know he wants him to audition properly he'll audition properly and that's fine yeah but he's not going to talk about his personal life, which you know,
1: every right to. He's also
0: one of the younger guys. I think yeah. he's also like seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, like
1: Paul doesn't have to go through this personal tragedy. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know where that got off thinking he was entitled to. So I, I, do you know what? It makes me admire Paul. Yeah. And he is now one of my favorites, along with Richie and Tarzan, Rocky Tarzan boy. <laughs>
0: mike yeah i can't remember his
1: name but he's now one of my favorite just for the fact Mm -hmm. that he actually had the courage to be like yeah i'm better than this yeah like yes i'm auditioning treat me with some respect
0: Mm -hmm. we have judy who i personally do not think should have made it through audition was
1: she the one who didn't know which number she's got her number yeah Yeah, because you think that should have been where she should have been like i'd have cut her yeah
0: oh you don't remember your number right see you later yeah like I know it happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, but to make a big like, show of it, like in that manner, it's like.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the only reason she doesn't is because she knows Larry.
1: Yeah, possibly.
0: But she said, she tells the story about how she saved shaved her little sister's head, out of spite.
1: But again, it's not enough. She's it's like cut. Yeah. I feel like she's the only female character here, other than Fossey's daughter, mm-hmm. who doesn't really get much depth. So I never think she's in with a chance.
0: Yeah. Christine, you mean Nicole Fosky Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's well, Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all get five, but that means five, not 15.
0: Yeah, because Al asks if they can take some time because Christine is starting to get, she's nervous anyway. She's starting to get properly anxious. Yeah. And he says, Al says, we've been standing here a really long time. Could we maybe take five? Yeah. Because Cassie has also just walked out onto the stage. Yeah, it's so a perfect they, distraction. They go and take five.
1: Yeah, because they she's having like a proper domestic, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. We learn that Cassie and Zach were ex-lovers. We get Mm -hmm. that definitive. Cassie doesn't want to hand out. She wants a job. Mm -hmm. Then we go to Let Me Dance For You. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do I have to
0: talk about this?
1: (laughs) Yes, you do. Because I think I need to know why. Because
0: I liked this. So she has in the stage show a song called The Music and the Mirror. Yes. And it's sort of a love letter to herself. And I personally think it's quite an empowering song where she's singing about the only thing she's ever cared about is dancing. And when she is dancing, the only thing that exists are the music and the mirror. And like the world is the way it is. Yeah. And you just deal with everything. And that that's who she is. Yeah. And she's trying to make that point with let me dance for you. Yeah. Because the, she says a couple of times, like, I'm a dancer. That's who I am. I'm and a he's dancer, like, Jim. Yeah. And he's like, no, you're a star. And she's like, no, well, I'm a dancer. Well, All of that narrative happens in yeah. the music in the mirror without her having to scream, I'm a dancer, like yeah, six times. And him
1: shouting, you're too damn good to blend into the chorus. But it's she not says- not wrong. No, but- she says she hasn't worked in it. Yet. I guess she really needs this job. Yeah.
0: So she she went to LA to yeah. chase a job and it didn't work and now she's back.
1: Yeah. The mirror shots here are so impressive. Like
0: Oh in the flashback?
1: No, there as she's dancing. Like I just mm. I think it's incredible and it always amazes me like how you can get these shots and not have the camera in there.
0: Well, so this one where she's on the stage, I can kind of figure out how they've done it because angles. Yeah. Yeah, But But there's one in a flashback where the camera person follows Cassie along a wall of mirrors in a ballet studio and then spins to the opposite Mm. wall. And never appears this is it and it just <laughs> do you crazy. know what this
1: is the thing that's so amazing is clearly it's an easy job for them to like they know how to do it it's moving yeah. magic and it probably, but for us it's like but this is it you're watching it going wow like it really is so good like you feel mm. like you're there and i it's at this point i realize that we're just watching cats again yep cassie is Grizzabella and she is crashing the jellico bowl and trying to steal the opportunity to go up 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 to the heavy side layer
0: in this one she's allowed to live
1: and zach is old deuteronomy yeah. So we are watching cats.
0: Mm-hmm. Zach gets completely fed up with her, basically. He's like, done talking about he's this. He's like, fine,
1: you have your chance to do it. But... Go downstairs,
0: learn the yeah. routine. I don't care anymore.
1: Yeah. Paul returns to the stage and he worries he's out because he can't talk about himself.
0: Yeah. So he wants to know if he's sort of disqualified, essentially, because he can't talk about his feelings. Yeah.
1: And... And
0: Zach's like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Haven't decided yet.
1: Haven't decided. And he asks, how you decided on your name? You know, did you go for Italian? We talk about, like, the heritage.
0: Yeah, because he's Puerto Rican. But he decided to choose an Italian name.
1: And he says he just wanted to be someone new. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he went to the theatre. And because he had glasses, he couldn't see. So he, he, he would leave his dad and go sit at the front row when he was 10 or 11. And all the guys would play with him. So...
0: Yeah, he was molested yeah, as a child.
1: That's, that, that's the connotation I made from it. And I yeah. was just, I'm glad that they got that right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, heartbroken for this guy that that's yeah, his backstory. Yeah, because he was a small child. Yeah. It's one of those bittersweet I hate that I'm right moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he worked in drag. Yeah. That was his, his kind of entry level into performance. Mm-hmm.
0: He got bullied at school for yeah. being gay, but he didn't At that point, know that he was gay. Yeah, he just... But in the way that teenagers do, unfortunately.
1: And, yeah, he he goes home and he's very much, I've got a job. He doesn't open up about the job because... But he says it's a performance job. It's a performance Mm -hmm. job. And he's going on tour. Mm -hmm. And they volunteered to bring him suitcases.
0: Yeah, and for some reason he says yes.
1: Yeah, he doesn't think. And they get there early and they see him in drag in drag and it's very very awkward Mm -hmm. and he talks about how he 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 waited ages to come downstairs to face them and he does his mum's clearly been crying Mm -hmm. and wishes him a you know good journey and
0: his dad won't look at him dad
1: won't look at him but then as he leaves he says take care of my son and it's he says something like, it was the the proud... It was the first, first time, time he ever it. called me that. So do they approve of this, or is this an abandonment thing?
0: No, they disowned him.
1: Okay.
0: They never speak to him again.
1: So I was unsure... So it's yeah. more
0: like, he's your problem now. Yeah,
1: so I wasn't sure if this was a, he's crying because they approved, mm-hmm. or if this was a, uh, he's crying because he's been handed off to them because i i I didn't know how to read this Mm -hmm. i know obviously what he said i i I put two and two together that maybe he'd been abandoned because the way mom was crying dad couldn't look but i wondered if it was more a secret like we are proud of him so that's heartbreaking to have that confirmed
0: yeah so it's a bit more obvious in the stage show but yeah so the last the first time his dad ever called him his son as like a "that's my son" moment is the moment that he was disowning him, yeah, which sucks. At least <laughs> it deserves better. Yeah,
1: but at least Zach shows humanity at this point, puts his arm out, and comforts Paul. Yeah, you know, which I think is. So he runs up on stage, yeah, and, and puts just his is like, yeah, and him. I think that's really awesome that Zach is like, okay, yeah, I need to come for this guy. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm wanting Paul, Richie. And Mick. Mike. Mike to mm-hmm. make it. I don't care about any of the other men. So I'm starting to think, well, maybe he'll take three men and five girls because there's five good candidates. Mm-hmm. But I'm really rooting for Paul at this point. And I think obviously anyone is going to be rooting for Paul at this point. Yep. Zach wants Unison dancing. No one to pull focus. And they are go into one rehearsal.
0: Yeah. So we break everybody up into fours. Yeah. And we're going to have them perform.
1: And again, it's nice. They're struggling. It's like it feels like they are learning this dance. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I love watching them. So what they learnt downstairs wasn't the dance. They They went and learnt the
1: song. Yeah, now they are learning the dance, and it's nice. Like you feel like that's what they're actually doing. I love the box of
0: random hats. Yes. So not everyone has the same hat. There's bowlers and top hats and things, which is great.
1: And Zach uses this as an opportunity to just call out Cassie for everything she's doing wrong.
0: Yes, and. He goes about this in the most over-emotional, unnecessary way possible. However, she does pull focus. He's not wrong. No, Because she's such... Like, character-wise, she's such a phenomenal dancer. She will pull focus as soon as she's in with other people. But she wants this, so she needs to sort it out. No,
1: exactly. I just think it's the way he's going about it. Oh,
0: yeah, he's the worst about it. Yeah, he's
1: using it to prove a point to her. It's like... I gave you a chance, you failed. It's like, he's not even giving her a fair chance. Yeah. But he calls her off stage and he says, is that really what you want? And then we go to a very nightmarish vision of the characters we're known to love. Like we get Connie with this wide eyes and like large grin Mm -hmm. and all of the characters just look nightmarish.
0: This is the one moment of this film where I'm like, this is exactly how
1: this should look. Yeah, and it is. And it is very effective because it's Mm -hmm. like, it's weird because these are characters we've grown to like, some yep. of them, and here we are seeing like that they're 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 just not nice people. Like do you know what I mean? It's yeah. quite jarring, so, but in a good way.
0: The point is, Cassie, as such a phenomenal dancer, is such an individualistic person that how can we put her in this lineup where she has to be a robot, look at them. Yeah. And they all dance in such perfect, pristine unison that it is nightmarish yeah. and it's freaky and it's it doesn't look natural. No. And that's the way they make it look on the stage, in the stage yeah. show too. And it's incredible. And I think this is a good translation yeah. of
1: that. Zach says you're special and Cassie says we're all special. So Zach says that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. We learn that she left for Hollywood, but he left before she did. He had mentally checked out. She went because she wanted him to want her. So he's bitter that she left him. It's like, I was in love with you and you left me. And she's like, you didn't. You had checked out. Oh, what do you want? 24 hours of me working and 24 hours of me with you? And she's like, "Yes, (laughs) yes, that's exactly what I want. So you can see that they're both kind of, they've not had a chance to actually talk and process what's happened. And it is unfair of her to just come here and be like, hey, you're my ex. And you know, Sorry about what happened, but give me a job. Like, Cassie's quite unlikable compared to the rest of them. Yeah. It makes me angry that she makes it through because she does steal an opportunity from somebody who probably deserves it more. Mm -hmm. You know, she had her chance and she blew it. Yeah. Because she was trying to get at Zach. Mm -hmm. It's not like she did it because she thought it was a good career move. She did it because it was, like, petulant. Well, I like, imagine she also did it for her career. Probably, but it doesn't seem like the way she says it. Do you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. So, this is the rehearsal version of one.
1: Yeah. It's... And
0: they finish, and Larry says, Okay, Zach, have you made your decision? And Zach's like, No, no, do the tap number.
1: Yeah. So, he cut to what I did for love. And this song was jazzier than I expected it to be. Like, it started slow, but it built quite nicely.
0: Yeah, because Zach's basically sent cassie away and the tap dance number sort of filters into yeah. her song i'm going to talk about this weirdness in yeah. a minute but yeah
1: yeah so cassie's seemingly given up like that so she's storming up the stairs connie is not a tap dancer mm-hmm. and something happens like connie's dancing like she's leans on paul and basically his knee gives out
0: so they have to do like a twist in the air yes as the, so they jump one way and twist and land facing the other way and as they do it paul lands weirdly on his foot and falls but his knee goes like underneath him the yes. wrong way and he lands very heavily for this mm. film onto his kneecap and then screams yeah and, and
1: somebody shouts it's the cartilage he had it operated on last yeah, year morales like, Ah, oh, that's him done.
0: Yeah, so he, right at the beginning of this film, when we didn't know who anyone was, yeah. was taping his knee up mm. because it's damaged yeah. anyway. Cassidy comes running down the stairs because she's dealt with that other dancers having injuries before and she's just holding on to him and saying it'll be okay.
1: For Maximum Impact, it is the the right character for this to happen oh my to him because yeah. it hurts. Mm-hmm. Because you know that that's his career done. Like, mm-hmm. he he can't be doing this anymore yeah and he's trying to escape drag because obviously drag isn't perceived the same way as nowadays
0: that's not really what he wants to do yeah either.
1: and he's clearly not got his family so like this character is just it rains it pours and it sucks like i don't think at this point in the film if it had happened to anyone else i'd care yeah. richie i'd care about rocky i'd care about any of the other who guys. Who is Rocky?
0: You make up these names. It's um, the one who sang... Bobby.
1: No, it's the one who sang the uh, the song when he was Tarzan swinging. Mike. Mike, yeah, I can't My remember God. his name. Rocky. But
0: Rocky. I wanted to say Mark,
1: so, you know. <laughs> no, because yeah.
0: there is Mike and Mark. Okay, well, this is so one Yeah. So,
1: I would, I would be upset if it happened to them, but any of the other male characters... And I, I've got the note here is the men didn't get the character development of the women. I don't care about any of them. Mm-hmm. And... And except suppose, for
0: Paul, who we now have done away yeah, with. Yeah, except basically. for Paul, except
1: for Richie, and except for uh, uh, Mike. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't care about them. So it could have happened to them, and it wouldn't actually have an impact. So it sucks that this has happened to Paul. I'm, I'm heartbroken.
0: Yeah. So they ask if anybody has any uh, drugs, like painkillers, and Sheila has a Valium. Yeah. And somebody says. Is it safe to give him that? And she's like, I've had three since lunch. It's fine. (laughs) Kind of love Sheila. (laughs) She's great.
1: We get a really nice human moment here. Like, Zach talks to everyone on a a real level.
0: Yeah, and he's on the stage with them now. He is. He's now
1: one of them. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of Paul's injury has humanized him to a point that he hasn't had since maybe he was starting out in the industry.
0: Yeah, because Sheila says to him as well. In this while he's talking, he's she says, I'm sure you don't remember. We were actually in a show together as dancers, and he's like, No,
1: I remember, yeah,
0: how are you? And she's like,
1: Meh, yeah, she's like, I have a daughter, 10 years, I have a daughter, god, hope she doesn't get into dance. And then Connie's like, Well, why would you not do that? And or or BB, no,
0: it's it's um, Morales says. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want her to? Why would any of you ever want to do anything else? Yeah. So this is where what I did for Love is supposed to happen. And it's sung, opened by Morales, and then yeah. everyone else joins in. And it's supposed to be a song about they've given up everything in their lives to be dancers and to be this person right here. Yeah. And that's what Love is. Like, that is... Doing it's unconditional. Something... Yeah. Yeah. Not... Stupid heartbreak between Cassie and Zach. I don't care for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such yeah. a weird reuse of that song.
1: That's really because weird Because they purpose.
0: all join in on it and it's like this I like big the number. idea of
1: we do this because we love it. <sighs> so he, he goes to leave the stage and he says, Larry, line them up and old Deuteronomy is going to make the Jellicle choice. Yes. And he says, you're all terrific and special. And he would not have said that at the start.
0: No, he wouldn't.
1: But you feel like Zach has changed, which mm-hmm. I like. You know, maybe this character should actually doesn't work if you don't see Zach. So I don't. I think it works. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> Having I'm, seen yeah. it.
0: So at the beginning of this film, when they do the lineup,
1: <laughs> yes, he
0: calls people's numbers and calls them forwards and. The people who he calls forward are the people he wants to say. And he says, thank you very much, everyone else. I'll see you later. And this time round, the people he calls forward are not the people who get through.
1: Judy smiles. She steps forward. I'm thinking, why? This is clearly the outline, especially when Don is there.
0: Yeah. Don doesn't seem
1: to want this job. No. But I'm just like, Judy, why are you smiling? You're not getting this. And then Sheila's called forward. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking...
0: Oh, no, I like
1: her. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I like her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, but I don't like the rest of them, so I don't want Sheila to get through with the rest of them. And it's difficult. But, again, I think you need to have characters you...
0: You actually like. like yeah. not
1: succeeding, because this is a fairly real musical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I like that, and I feel that that's important. So we end with Morales, which is good. Mm-hmm.
0: We have BB. BB,
1: good. I liked BB. I mm-hmm. was disappointed that Maggie didn't make the cut. Yeah. But we got Val. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad Val got the cut because her doing uh, looks dance three, ten looks dance three. ten. <laughs> yeah. I really liked that. And we get, who was the final one we got for the girls? I can't remember.
0: who. Who's the main female character? Cassie. I said Cassie, yeah. didn't I? No. No, you said Val, Mor- BB and Diana yes. Morales. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, the Cassie. last
0: girl is Cassie, which like...
1: And then two okay. of my favourite boys make it. We get
0: Mike, and, Mike and, and
1: Richie, good. I think Paul would have got it if not for the injury. Mm-hmm. I I completely yeah, think...
0: Yeah, I feel like Bobby is his backup choice. Yeah,
1: Bobby is a weird choice. Who is the final male choice? Mark. Which one's Mark? Exactly. Yeah, so that's my Mark's point. Mark's
0: the one that said he got gonorrhea.
1: Oh, the little... Uh, yeah. The 17-year-old. Okay. Okay. Yeah,
0: he's funny. He's he okay, seems like yeah, a but he doesn't. But he's guy. forgettable.
1: That's a problem. Mm-hmm. But I was so surprised when Bobby was there. You know, I don't. I I don't know who the other men were going to be picked. You know, like yeah, none of them have had the depth that they needed for this moment to work on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the one finale. They're told they will start September twenty second, six weeks, and. We're
0: gonna do rehearsals and then a run and then an out of town opening yes. and all the
1: info. Zach asks for Cassie and I think is this gonna be a reconciliation? But nothing. It's ambiguous. Like mm. we don't get a clear like they are together or not. And the gold costumes are phenomenal for this, this sequence. Is...
0: I was just thinking about this while we were talking about it. And I don't remember how they did this quick change in the stage show. Yeah. Because there is a little gap. But nobody else is on stage because everybody else leaves.
1: Maybe it's just Zach on stage, like soaking in his one moment that he's on stage. Maybe.
0: Or maybe it's Cassie. But anyway, this quick change happens.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, do you know what? I haven't thought about that until you brought up. And Mm -hmm. that's It's it.
0: I think they literally run off stage and come back on in these costumes.
1: But I like that everyone gets a curtain call. So we bring out the people who clearly didn't make it. So this is our official curtain call sequence. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really great set piece. I like the fact that you'll have one line and then you have two lines and you have four lines and they double. And just it's cool. Yeah.
0: And we're just bringing home that point that the chorus, the people who are in the chorus are faceless dancers. Mm. Who we lose,
1: which this is the As thing. As we is, pull
0: further yeah. and further away from them, we see more and more dancers. We've lost these characters, which is amazing
1: when you think this is a show trying to find an ensemble, not like this is a show trying to find your star. At the end of the day, they're all going to be faceless, mm-hmm. but it's so important to them to get it. Mm-hmm. And I, it's kind of sad that they won't get recognition like they should, mm-hmm. but they, they need God. They need this job. Yes. That's a chorus line for yeah. you. So one of the it's things... not a glamorous life, but it's a life.
0: Yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk about was a quote that I found go for that it. I was going to tell you about before we watched it, but kind of spoilery. Yeah. So Kelly Bishop, who played Sheila in the original cast, yes, said that she saw Richard Attenborough go on a talk show to talk about this movie, and he said. That this is a story about kids trying to break into show business. And Kelly Bishop was like, well, the film's going to be terrible then, basically. Yeah, that's, that's... Because for her and for what she was told when she was doing the show was that this is their last chance. Yeah. This is them making one final go and making it and being in a long-running show and actually working... And, like, they're struggling.
1: I don't think you can say they're kids when one of them is 17 and the rest of them are older. Right, exactly.
0: So, and Kelly Bishop said, I mean, what an idiot. I almost tossed my TV out of the window. No wonder the film sucked. Which, coming from your original Broadway Sheila, Mm -hmm. is saying a lot.
1: Yeah. Who's your MVP? Because this is very much... This is Cats. Just, you know... (laughs)
0: Larry's my favorite guy, but it is like
1: it's very cause and effect. Like it's happening in real time, which cats, arguably, is happening in real time. It's over one day, yeah. And we're not going to get to know anyone too brilliantly. We're just going to introduce themselves, and move on, introduce a new person, move on until we make the genital choice. Mm-hmm. Larry's your MVP.
0: Larry, and then Val, and then Diana.
1: Yeah, I said uh Diana. I like. I really liked nothing. I thought mm-hmm. that was a really cute moment. I think you know Val is great, but it doesn't it, it's funny mm-hmm. it's not funny funny in the, like the way i might usually mean it but it doesn't have like the, the kind of real heartbreaking turn mm-hmm. of nothing
0: yeah
1: and i i think she captured it because she's quite boisterous and like lively yeah and then she is very vulnerable mm-hmm. i think that moment alone gets her the job yeah so i i said uh, diana morales mm. what is your best song
0: my favourite song in this is either Dance Ten Looks Three or I Can Do That.
1: I, I did say Dance Ten Looks Three and I've just gone about how much I love nothing, but I don't know if I could listen to nothing in the same way I think I could listen to Dance Ten Well, Looks I'm gonna 3. play
0: it to you while we make dinner yeah. in a minute.
1: So <laughs> Joy of joys. What's your skip song?
0: Let me dance
1: for you. I actually said Such a shame, I probably. actually said I can do that. Oh, that's a shame. It's a good song. I think actually all these songs are good mm-hmm. for, you know, what it is. I just feel like, you know, I like the character, but it's just a little too much at times. Yeah. And which role? Val. I said Larry. Nice. I'd like to be Larry. <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't mind Zack as a role, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure on how it would kind of work. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So, before I give my star rating,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I am going to go to the magical world of Twitter.
0: Yeah, we got some really good feedback from people this we week. We
1: did get some really good feedback. Which
0: is always lovely. We love hearing from you, and we love it when you tell us what you think about things.
1: I uh, Yeah, it really... I love the interaction as well. Uh, my favourite flop. So, at my favourite flop on Twitter. Five words, let me dance for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the cinematography of that moment so yeah, much yeah the
0: cinematography is beautiful yeah. it just doesn't hold a candle to what it
1: should have been yeah so I mean my original tweet was making it clear that we were watching the Richard Attenborough version mm-hmm. and very much asking Are you a fan or you know would you rather watch the stage show so I'm assuming we mean the film version of Let Me Dance for you but that could also be there isn't be... a stage version of Let Me Dance is there not
0: no I told you it's um, the music in the mirror on ah, the stage show. okay
1: yeah. fine at Early Mornings 19, Early Mornings Productions, I think it's an iconic show. I'm a fan, but not desperate to watch it. Again, my favourite number one. Singular, Singular sensation. sensation. That's a very good number. Mm-hmm. I liked that as an ending as well. That that is up there as a you know, shout out for best song, I think. Yeah. At Theatre Flashback One, which is Theatre Flashbacks. I loved this film. But I hadn't yet seen the stage show. That didn't happen until 1987. I absolutely adored Cameron English as Paul. I was familiar with him at this point because he was in the ensemble of my favourite TV series ever, Fame. I only realised recently that Cassie was played by Alison Reed, Miss Darbus in the later high school musical films. Mm-hmm. Cassie's hair in the flashback scenes always bothered me. Same, Preach. thank you. <laughs> I also didn't know that it's Terence Mann as Larry. He's brilliant. I had a bit of a crush on Michael uh, Levins, who played Mark. Mm-hmm. Never seen him since, or most of the cast. The star for me was Audrey Landers, often in Dallas, singing about tits and ass. Mm-hmm. Back then in a musical was a shocker, but then I saw the show on stage. Hello. So I asked, has seeing the stage show changed your perception of film? Because this is one of the things I really wanted to know. We talked about how they're very different entities. And I yeah. Great. Somebody has seen both. Mm-hmm. Do you like it less on reflection or does nostalgia keep you a fan? And they replied, I still love watching it. Nostalgia, but also there are some great performances and the music is wonderful. Seeing the stage show makes you realise how much great music was left out on stage. I love the lengthiness of Hello 12. I actually prefer Cassie's song in the film. Mm -hmm. Not a huge Michael Douglas fan. He was a big name at the time. I enjoy Sheila, BB and Connie in the film. My perception probably has changed because that's where I heard it all first. And now, now there's even better. Still love it. I played my vinyl soundtrack to death. But that's exactly what I wanted from this interaction. Somebody who has seen both but started with the film. Oh, yeah. Has it changed it? And then the final one comes from Sharon Basingthrate mm-hmm. at Shaz Bass. My mum took me to the original London production when I was 11 I loved the dancing, the dialogue went over my head. When I saw it again as an adult, I could only imagine my mum's face thinking she was going to get some interesting questions on the way home. She was probably quite glad I wasn't singing about gonorrhea all the way home on the Piccadilly line.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I
1: think that's a great way to kind of cap off Twitter's views. So Mm. thank you uh, if you got involved in the conversation over on Twitter. (sighs) Chorus side, I gave it three and a half stars out of five. Cool. It's not often I do the half, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I feel like saying it's a three star film is like it's not good. It's like average. And I feel like saying four stars. it's it's really good. Yeah. I don't think it's either. I think it's somewhere in the middle. It's really slow yeah. and not everyone gets the depth I'd like. But it's a really interesting show that I'd like to see life like. This has wet my appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it's slow. I like that it happens in real time. I think that's a really exciting kind of premise for a yeah. musical show. Because a lot of the shows we've watched are like epic and and span weeks, days, whatever. Like this happens in one afternoon and it's real life unfolding. And there's something about that. And it being slow works because of that. I get why this could flop as a film because it basically is just human cats. Yeah. So I can really get why the film didn't do well, especially given the changes that you've told me a little bit about. But I just think because... Mm. Again, films are different to musicals. We want epic. Yeah. And we don't necessarily like as a mass audience Mm -hmm. smaller, more intimate pieces. And that's what this is. In the same way Cats... The narrative of Cats is we're going to choose one to die. The narrative of of a chorus line is who gets the role. Yeah. But you kind of forget the narrative because it's not constantly there in an apparent way. Mm. So I think that
0: makes it more... Like intimate,
1: yeah, and perhaps I'm demeaning it by just saying, well, you know, there's a lot of parallels to cats in this. Obviously, this came first. Mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber pinched it for cats. Sure, but I, I enjoyed this one. I think, I think, I will prefer the stage show if we see it. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly, I think I'm going to look at it and go, right. So this is the definitive A Chorus Line experience. Yeah, it hasn't. There's some of the things we've watched, and then you're like, would you like to see a modern version or? Uh, stage version after watching if i'm like no i don't ever want to watch this again i <laughs> can't think of them off the top of my head but descendants <laughs> okay but this i would like to see a stage version i'd like to see a 70s version i'd like to see a 2000s or a 90s version i'd like mm-hmm. to see how this translates in different decades yeah You know, so that's possibly, like, five different iterations of it. Mm -hmm. Like, could you imagine, like, a 30s version with, like, vaudeville? (laughs) Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could take it back to that You could set it anywhere. Yeah, especially the ageing stars. Perhaps this is their one chance to break the vaudeville circuit and and make it. And if not, they give up. Mm -hmm. Like, this is timeless. And I, I, yeah, I I liked it. Yep. So, what are we watching next week?
0: Next week, we're going to be watching another sort of less linear musical with another concept musical we're taking it back to some sondheim
1: okay i like sondheim
0: and one of our favorite people neil of patrick harris
1: we've not actually had him on the podcast
0: no we haven't i mean i say
1: that like neil patrick harris is going to come join us if he did i would be so excited but we've not actually had a neil patrick harris appearance yet
0: yes so next week we're going to be watching the 2011 new york philharmonic version of company which is a fully staged version, but with the New York Philharmonic
1: live concert live. Um, Carousel.
0: Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. That is I very... know you know absolutely nothing
1: about Company. I, I know that Company, I don't know, I can't...
0: You can't think of any I know that Misery
1: into. likes its Company. Yeah, sure. So maybe I'll be miserable watching this one. I don't know. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I like Sondheim, Mm-hmm. so this should be a nice one.
0: And do you like Neil Patrick Harris? Or I do
1: really like Neil Patrick Harris. He's we phenomenal. Be fine. Yeah, okay, that's going to be a good one. You know week. some
0: of the songs from this. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Specifically the Not Getting Married Today song.
1: Oh, that was covered on Glee. Yeah. Oh, I do know that one. Mm-hmm. And then we heard uh, Warbler Blaine cover it as well. Yes,
0: Darren Criss did a yeah. cover of it at Broadway Backwards. Yeah. I think.
1: I'm very excited then. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris and a difficult song. He Please say that's it. not the song that I'm going to no. sing.
0: No and it's not Neil Patrick Harris that sings it either
1: <laughs> I like him I like that song I think that's going to be enough so that is next week we will be looking at Company and we hope you will come keep us company as we discuss it <laughs> let us know your thoughts on a chorus line if you haven't already are you a fan has listening to us talk about the 1985 film made you want to revisit something that you haven't watched for a while and if so let us know does it age well or is it you know worse on reflection that's now your thoughts as always you can get in touch on twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod and you can listen to us on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts amazon music stitcher radio and podbean and make sure you click subscribe and if you are feeling generous why not leave us a five-star review and make our day We hope you all had a lovely Valentine's Day yesterday. Maybe you're still feeling a little bit of romance in the air and you'd like to show us the love. We would never say no to the love. (laughs) And make sure you join us next week to discuss Barney Stinson in (laughs) company. See you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel.
0: And have a magical, musical Monday.
1: One singular sensation any little dream will do one and two can be as bad as one it's the loneliest number since the number one three.